Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to share this conversation that I had with Caroline Ross. Caroline is a photographer here in Vancouver. She's also a teacher and a TikTok superstar. In this conversation, we chatted about what it's actually like to go viral online and what she'd like to do with her platform now that she's reached 100,000 followers. I think when we recorded, she was at 99.9, but she is officially at 100,000 and I cannot think of anybody else who deserves that kind of platform as as much as someone like Caroline. I love what she's doing and the way she is sort of pulling back the veil on all the photoshopping that's going on that we are inundated with. I really believe she's doing something great for anybody who follows her, so I highly recommend doing that. Um, I cannot wait for you guys to tune in, leave a review if you love this episode, and let me know what you think. When we see images on social media, they're being presented as reality, unless they say on them, this has been photoshopped. So whenever anything's being presented as reality, we take it to be real. Um, if we see like a magazine or a movie cover, sometimes we think these might be a bit altered just because we know it's like a professional photo shoot, but images on social media we see every day that look like they're taken with iPhones, we think they're real. And to see this amount of Photoshop on images that are presented as reality, not as art or as like anything else, it's, it's deceiving. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely Podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur. After spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown, and losing all confidence in myself, I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely podcast. Okay, so welcome Caroline to the show. Um, can you just give everybody a little intro of who you are, what you do, and where you're at now? Of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Caroline Ross, and I am a commercial photographer and instructor in Vancouver. And I also have a TikTok account called Caroline in the City, where I share digital media literacy tips and help people understand the editing that goes into every single image that we see online. I love that. Yeah, that's like I mean, you basically got me started on TikTok and um, I was very resistant at the beginning and like just seeing you explode that account the way you have has been so incredible. Um, how many followers are you up to now? I'm at 99.9. <laughs> God. I'm like oh my 20 God. away from that 100K. So oh I'm really excited. But today is the day. So and that's within like a few months, right? Like we were celebrating your 10,000 not that long ago. Like yeah, I think that was like my birthday around for 10K. Yeah, maybe. So. Yeah, yeah, it was around 10K on my birthday, which was in April. So I really started, I had about, the first time I posted on TikTok was in the pandemic. And I, my very, I just posted one video. I got like hundreds of thousands of views and then I got like 2000 followers. And then I would just post once every six months after that. So I wasn't really like active on it. Like I was yeah. on TikTok, just not posting. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, January, February this year, I was like, I'm going to be more active. So February I started posting and then April, I finally kind of hit like my niche and started to go viral with some stuff. Um, I was doing Photoshop and I was Photoshopping the golden girls to be more modern hairstyles and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. I had seen like the, I had seen people Photoshop the golden girls with like auto facetune filters and I noticed that it took away all their wrinkles and stuff and like I wanted them to have their own faces but just different hair and just show how like a modern style can make you look younger without actually removing um, any age lines on your face and stuff so people loved it and went viral and then I was like I think this photoshop thing is like like unique right totally. 
yeah. So I just, from there, I kind of just listened every time something went viral, I would continue to post a video similar to the one that went viral. And if something didn't go viral, I just, or if something didn't get a lot of views or interactions, I would stop posting. So, um, yeah, just like listening to that audience and what they want and stuff. So from like the golden girls, I kind of evolved into, um, just showing the hypocrisies or not hypocrisies, just showing like, a um, a comparison between cartoons and real life bodies and how they would look on real life bodies and people loved it, but I couldn't really go too far with that. So, um, yeah. I started to show Photoshop on images because every day when I'm scrolling on like social media and the internet, I just see, I'm able to see Photoshop on things. Yeah. And I realize that people can't like my mom will see an image of a celebrity and my mom knows how old that celebrity is. And she always compares it to how old she is. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair, right? Because they're yeah. so Photoshopped. Um, yeah. So that's, that's why I kind of started doing that. I love that. And that's the thing too. Cause like I've watched your stuff and it's totally true. If you don't have the trained eye, like I do a little bit of basic photoshopping, but nothing, you know, that elaborate and seeing it pointed out, it's like, oh my God, there's so much stuff that you just don't realize. Like when you did the thing about the knees and the armpits, like, <laughs> like, it's just so funny. Cause once you see it, then you can't not see it. But I would never have noticed that that's so like, that's, a, that's something to even that's worth photoshopping yeah and just that everything is photoshopped which I feel like we know as common knowledge to an extent but not to the degree like I really don't think to the degree of just you know lines wrinkles things like that like it's just so extreme so I think exposing it is like you're doing you're doing a public service <laughs> by, <laughs> by exposing welcome <laughs> What has the yeah. feedback been like? Like, what do people, what do you get comments on? And Well, it's interesting because I never thought that people were self-conscious of their armpits. Like, I know myself, when I look at my armpits, I'm always aware of, like, extra skin. Yes. Kind of, like, here yes. when we look from the front. But when our armpits are up, I didn't know that people were self-conscious of that. So, I, yeah, so I just listening to people talking about armpits inspired <laughs> me to do, like, more armpit content and show, like, real armpits. I love that. I love yeah that. and yeah so it's been really interesting hearing everyone's um like comments on stuff like the armpits and the traps I had no idea people were so self-conscious of their yes. trapezius yes yeah oh my gosh that one hit home for me so can you explain the Kim Kardashian thing because I feel like <laughs> I won't be able to explain it as well <laughs> so like I notice on Kim Kardashian's photos when I'm scrolling through her feed for my TikToks that like all of her photos have photoshop traps in them um, and I just, I just recognize this because they like indent downwards yes, from yes. her neck. And I'm like, this is not real. However, there isn't often like a behind the scenes video to kind of prove it. So it's just right. me saying, I think this has been Photoshopped. Yep. So it was great to have that behind the scenes video beside a photo of her to like yes. prove that she does indeed Photoshop out quite a bit of her um, trapezius muscle. <laughs> It's so funny. And like, I'm, so I've got fairly broad shoulders. And I remember like my dad used to always say when I was growing up, like, oh, you got shoulders like your dad. And he meant it as like a compliment, but it, I was so insecure about that. Like just not being super feminine and, you know, the neck, everything in that area. So, so funny when I saw that, it was like, well, no wonder, like <laughs> that doesn't help. Like if she's out there doing that, but it's just such a bizarre thing to be photoshopping like I just find that such a bizarre thing and I don't know it's so funny because like obviously someone who has influence of that level I mean they're not perfect they will have their own flaws in that but it's just again you have so many millions of people following you and I just feel like with that there's a responsibility because you're kind of setting the tone for an entire generation um so yeah when I saw that it was like oh it's a bit of a relief and it's not because I'm ever thinking like oh yeah, I want to find flaws in Kim Kardashian. It's that I want, I want her to be real. I want her to be human. Right. That's so, exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many people who love Kim Kardashian yeah. and they still like this, they understand that this is good. Like it's not, yes. like yes. it's not embarrassing to show Photoshop because if, if you think it's embarrassing, not you, but if the general public thinks it's embarrassing to show her original body, then that's saying there's something wrong with that body that totally. she's photoshopped out. So totally. we have to kind of like change that mindset that there's something embarrassing about this or like it's being mean to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
I totally agree. Yeah, I think that's such a, a good point because it's not like you're out there trying to take down the Kardashians. Exactly. <laughs> like it's more so for again everyone else to see like this is this is what's going on. And again, if you don't have that trained eye, like I would never in a million years have seen that ever. I never would have seen that because I'm not looking for it. And I just assume that, you know, she just is closer to perfect than the average person. You know, Like, I don't know. What the hell do I know? Yeah. And it's so interesting you said about her audience too, because we, like when we see images on social media, they're being presented as reality, unless they say on them, this has been photoshopped. So whenever anything's being presented as reality, we take it to be real. Um, if we see like a magazine or a movie cover, sometimes we think these might be a bit altered just because right. we know it's like a professional photo shoot, but images on social media, we see every day that look like they're taken with iPhones. We think they're real. And to see this amount of Photoshop on images that are presented as reality, not as art or as like anything else, it's, it's deceiving. That's so I think people just want like a tag that says, I photoshopped this totally, totally. <laughs> or like behind the scenes that isn't been edited. Cause so much yeah. video has been edited yeah. on social media too. That's such a good point. And I think too, with social media, because we're scrolling all the time, like our subconscious is picking up all of these cues and things. And I don't think we actually realize how much it's changing like our views on the world and body image and what, you know, we're supposed to be like or look like and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like it's totally true that if I look at a magazine cover, I don't think twice about the fact that obviously it's edited and they've got the right lighting and they've got designer clothes and they've got makeup and all that. But the social media stuff, like this is supposed to be a little more real. And so I think, I don't know, I'd, I'd never thought about that before. I think that's a really good point because again, we're consuming buckets of this stuff all the time it's not you know it's just constantly we're being inundated and yeah it messes with you that was why like I was so grateful when you convinced me to go on TikTok because it just <laughs> felt like real and finally you know it isn't what people think where it's just dancing and and all that like there's so much content on there that is real and that is educational and it's more celebrated for being authentic which Yes. I love that. People are going viral for their views and how funny they are and their personality, not how they look physically. Yes. And I, like, I love seeing someone who has like a pimple on their face and like no makeup and they're in sweatpants and they have like 25 million views because totally. they're being funny and creative. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And it's like everyday people on there too. I mean, there yeah. is celebrities, but um, that's another that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to schedule um, that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to talk about the marketing of TikTok. <laughs> yes. Do you find like, has it changed your, well, has it changed you at all personally? Do you think TikTok? Like, like I've, um, yeah. Cause I, like during the pandemic, I would just go on and consume for fun and stuff. And it was yeah. fun that way. And the odd TikTok I made was like, just kind of low effort, fun stuff. Yeah. And sometimes my partner would be in on them too. And we'd make them together. Like he'd have an idea. I would do it. Or we'd make a TikTok together. Um, but now that there's so many people watching my TikToks, it's, it's still fun, but it's also stressful to put yeah. that information. Every time you put yourself out there, you know that like a hundred thousand people might see you yeah. or like a million people or like 10 million people. So totally. I just have to be aware of the content that I put out more so than yeah. before. And um, yeah, do you just need more effort too? Cause almost every TikTok that's gone viral took a lot of work. Um, yeah. So even, even though it doesn't look like there's work in it, I had to do research for it and I often do Photoshop on it and stuff. So Totally. So yeah, just, just having time to create those viral videos. Totally. And I think that's something people don't really realize is a few things. One, that the amount of work it does go into going viral. And two, there are some downsides to going viral. Like it's not, you know, like I think a lot of people want this and they think, oh, I want overnight to be at however many million followers. But I don't know. I mean, I think slow growth is kind of good in some ways, right? Because you can sort of ease yourself into it. And like you said, like now there's pressure, like there's actual pressure to, um, I don't want to say be careful what you say, because I don't think it should change your points of view, but you do, I'm sure, think more about it because, you know, what if, yeah, you make one mistake that you didn't mean and stuff is taken out of context all the time. And because yeah. of the like attention span too, right? People will take like, a millisecond of what you did and just turn into something that it, it wasn't like, I feel like we've seen that on that app. Yes, often. And yeah, that's something that, and also you don't want to put out content that might 
uh, like further cause people to have self body image issues, negative totally. body image issues too. So I, I'm always really aware of how I, how I talk about bodies and stuff yeah. too. Um, yeah, it's some, sometimes language around our bodies is like, I have to use this language to talk about someone who's being portrayed to be larger or smaller than what they are in real life. And yes. just to make sure I'm using that inclusive language is, uh, is sometimes a struggle because it's not a struggle. It's just, I really don't want to talk negatively about someone if they're larger yeah. or smaller than how they're being portrayed. And I don't want to be seen as a bad thing, just not as being real. I actually, I really love how you do that because I feel like when you say it, it's always very, um, I don't know, I want to say matter of fact, which I don't mean it like it's cold. It's just very sort of objectively like this is what, it's just kind of, this is what it is. It's not about, yeah, you're trying to, you know, nudge people into one way or the other. Like, I just feel like it's very, um, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally like whenever I watch, I, I always feel like, oh, I think you're careful with your language, but in a way that is inclusive and in a way that it's like, also it, it feels more like, let's talk about it. You know, like we should be talking about it and we should be, you know, talking about different sizes and stuff like that. And I mean, there is only like only so many words to use for some things. And, that, yeah. but, and I feel like all these, there's new terms and that all the time. Like I didn't know about, you know, mid-size fashion. I didn't know that was a new term for me when I came on TikTok. And that was like, it's exciting to see people kind of carve out their own niches. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's constantly learning on that app. <laughs> I feel like it's such an education, but I feel like you're doing such a good job in doing it in a way that, does involve other people too because you do those ones where you get people to guess what has been photoshopped which I love how <laughs> Game did you time yeah I love that how did you come up with that I thought it was just like a fun way to kind of make light of the situation yes and just yeah like you said get everyone else involved and um kind of have fun with it yeah. yeah so and just to test other people's skills to see if they can tell what has been photoshopped and so many people think that it looks normal until I show them the other version and then they're like oh that's messed up yes totally yeah. totally and stuff again it's it's things like when you've done the behind the scenes of you know what's been edited it's stuff that is so subtle but if you make you know 20 very subtle changes on someone's face they're going to look totally different yeah so it's like you can't see those things if you're not a trained professional to look at an image and you know it being obvious but yeah, it's, that's nuts to me. Like, it's just so, there've been so many things, like even um, like there was one where the face was sort of like lower, like you just sort of lifted the whole oh, yeah. thing. It was just like- That one was, um, who was it? Lindsay Lohan. Oh, that was God. the strangest edit. Like they just like, I think it was to make her look younger, like just like a baby, almost, like a giant baby. It's <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, and you're like, oh, why? What's yeah, the point? Totally. Yeah. So what is the next, like, what's your next goal for TikTok? Is it the number of followers? Um, Do you have like a, a I would absolutely love to start working with uh, some large media creators like magazines or people with influential TikToks and just show like before and afters of a photo shoot with them um, just to have that permission from them to allow me to show the full process that goes into editing. Ooh, so that's like my that. dream is to work with, um, like celebrities and magazines and from like start to finish with photo, yeah. like the photo shoot and then Photoshop and then the final image and just have that full transparency. I love that. And I feel like because things are changing, like I think, you know, the way social media is changing and all that, I feel like there would be huge value in that. Like that would be, we all want to see vulnerability. And if you like Kim Kardashian fans, like they would love to see that. I'm sure like all the behind the scenes, right? Like, and again, not to take somebody down a peg, but to show the production of it. Like, that's interesting. That's like stuff you don't get to see and stuff that you don't realize how many people are involved in all the different jobs. And it would be kind of like, I don't know. It's like celebrating every single person that's involved because it, it takes a village. Like, and you like know? stuff like someone's, Instagram account like Kim Kardashian's like I don't like she all she has to do is not edit the photos <laughs> like it doesn't take a professional editor to put out images of her not edited or even just have like those influencers and creators just like if if this starts a movement where influencers are honest like 
hey, I'm really self-conscious of my traps. And so I lower them in Photoshop and then I present those images, just have them transparency, like sharing that transparency. So hopefully I want to start a movement. (laughs) I feel like it's starting. Like, I feel like, but it's true. Like, I just think, I don't know if it was, it was kind of like, seems to me like it was sort of like a timing thing where the pandemic, everybody was at home. We were sort of stuck on our screens and I wasn't on TikTok at that time. So I was spending most of my social media time on Instagram Mm -hmm. and that's not a good place to spend the majority of your time. And I, it really affected my mental health. Like it was just not good. I'm so regretful that I didn't join TikTok then. I feel like it would have been so good. I know. I wish I started this years ago too. (laughs) But I, I think like, again, it's just once you recognize it, but I feel like it was all those things kind of happening at once, like pandemics, we were stuck at home. People were, you know, watching Instagram, watching reality TV, all this stuff. And you're sitting in your sweatpants, just feeling like garbage because you don't look like any of these people. And then for those that did find TikTok and get on there, I just think it was like what we were craving at that time. And now things are changing because even how Instagram is trying to play catch up with TikTok, like, Mm -hmm. and trying to involve that vulnerable behind the scenes sort of authentic content, which is a really hard thing to do on an app that is based on aesthetically pleasing beauty and magazine like experience. Um, But I just, I feel like you know, I know you're laughing, like, well, I'm starting a revolution, but it's like, it really is happening. Like, I really think <laughs> I'm part you know, of a revolution. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you're not starting it, but like a small part of it. <laughs> but I love it's, that. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Instagram because uh, I felt the same way about Instagram and I was just consuming and I didn't want to create because I just felt like whatever you create on, on Instagram, it wouldn't get like that return for your investment no. in creating. And every fall, I kind of go through like, uh, like I just remove myself from Instagram <laughs> and I've done it again this fall and it feels so good. Yeah. But also I miss out on like friends and families stuff. So um, I know. yeah, I just try and reach out to people and hang out with them in person instead of going on Instagram, but Honestly, it feels I- a lot better. Yeah, I love that. And like, again, even if you are connecting with people that are in your life on there, you're connecting with such a a fragment of their lives. Like it's not, it's not the same. And like, I've had friends that, you know, they're posting and it looks like everything's great. And then I'll reach out to them, you know, through a text or something and learn that they're actually having a really hard time, but you'd have no idea, right? Because we all want to show on that app specifically, we all want to show how great everything is. And it's just because it's a standard. It's not, it's, it's well also we don't want to follow someone who complains about stuff all the time totally. like that doesn't make interesting content like I don't totally. want to complain about my life every single day and yes like absolutely. not that I have a, a hard life but like just the things that bug me and piss me off every day I'm not going to complain on Instagram my professional Instagram about it so right yeah 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 That's, yeah, yeah. I really started to like Twitter <laughs> really yeah so back in like August I realized that some stuff I was doing was trending on Twitter and I was like I should get in on this conversation and so I don't have like any followers on Twitter and I just like journal my day and it feels so therapeutic I feel like I'm like just like posting my thoughts about nothing and it's just so (laughs) nice not to have like like a hundred or like 10,000 people commenting on it yeah and yeah even when I post on like Instagram I'll post a story and there's like thousands of people who view it yeah. 50 to 100 people commenting and then people just doing that little double tap with the like yeah and like I'm just like oh, I just I don't know I just want to post without having to reply yes totally Which is probably like yeah I just yeah so I'm really enjoying Twitter for that uh, are you on Twitter I I have an account <laughs> <laughs> and then I have the like automatic thing like when I post on Instagram I think it automatically posts to, Twitter, posts to yeah. Twitter but I have I have not looked at my page I don't even know I don't have it like on my phone. Like I feel like, I don't know. I have the real estate. That's what I'll say. I have like right, my Twitter right. real estate and that's it. Um, I have not gotten into it, but I'm, I'm much more, when you said that I'm actually listening this time instead of <laughs> TikTok, but I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Well, TikTok's amazing for marketing and it's so easy to build an audience there. Yes. Twitter is like good for my soul. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like I can just, yeah. I, I follow like some poets and comedians oh, and cool. artists and I just love that like book, like authors and stuff. Very and that's cool. like my favorite part about Twitter. I had to like, as soon as I joined though, it was super political 
Um, and I was yeah. like, okay, I have to block all these political hashtags. Yes, yes And then yes. now I'm good. So I get my poets, I get my artists, I get my comedians, and it's wonderful now. I love that. Okay, yeah, because I felt like that was my concern was that it's just so people just on there blabbing to be like controversial and yeah, you know, just that kind of thing. And I I get enough of that on all the other platforms. <laughs> like I don't like, need that. <laughs> I don't mind controversial stuff about books. Right. <laughs> about yes, like yes. I love getting in those conversations, you know. Yes. So yeah. What about LinkedIn? Are you this is so funny because oh, I did not yeah. anticipate this turning into like a social media. <laughs> We can change it back. <laughs> no, I love this. This is like, I love this, but I'm just, it now my brain's like, oh, what about like LinkedIn and YouTube? And, but yeah. LinkedIn you... is good for marketing, I think. So Twitter okay. would not be good for marketing for me, for my audience. It's just something right. I like to do. TikTok's good for marketing. Instagram is if you have the energy to interact, which I don't. Right. Right. Um, so TikTok, I can just kind of post and leave. Yes. Um, yeah. And then LinkedIn, I think is good for some businesses, but maybe not creative art businesses or creative. And what about photography for you then? Like where for LinkedIn? You... Um, sometimes if I have like something coming up, like I did a fundraiser event this summer and a friend posted on their tink, their LinkedIn and it got oh. me like quite a few responses and stuff. So oh, cool. um, I think that for marketing and stuff, reaching young professionals in Vancouver, it's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. So it depends on what you're, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of photography, so you, sorry, I jumped right into TikTok and then <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. we'll circle back, I'm sure. Um, but what, how did you get started? Cause I, I don't think I've ever even asked you how you started doing <laughs> photography, how you got into it, any of that. Yeah. So I did a bachelor of fine arts in university in Ontario. And during that time I was, I did some photography courses and I was also really interested in digital art. So Photoshop and graphic design. So I enrolled in a part-time college um, degree diploma for uh, digital art. And that's kind of where my Photoshop and uh, illustrator and graphic design came in. And then I graduated from my bachelor of fine arts, which was a four-year degree. And I almost graduated from my digital art degree. I was missing a business class. Oh my so halfway God. through my last class, I dropped out because I got offered a, a full-time one-year internship for a museum curator, which I was super excited oh, about. Cool. So, in yeah. Ontario was that in Ontario? Ontario yeah it was at a police museum and um from there I worked in the police station in Fleet so I drove the police cars around to get them serviced oh, oh my god I love that <laughs> like I clean them out clean their trunks out like clean the cars and stuff oh my gosh yeah and then from there that was like a busy job for me because they didn't have a position ready for me and then they have there was a position as graphic designer and then creative director at the police station oh so that gosh. was pretty fun and then Fair. during that time, I had some friends who were getting married and they're like, hey, you took photography in school, right? Can you do my wedding for me? So, <laughs> and then yeah. did you start with wedding photography? Was that I, what? I did, but I, I was always like snobby about it. Like I never wanted to do weddings. I just love fashion photography. I love portraiture. Um, and I would, I enjoyed weddings, yeah. but it wasn't my, um, I don't know if it's ever been like my passion so, um, yeah, so I'm really glad the past few years I've kind of transitioned from wedding photography to commercial photography full time. Um, Very cool. Which is how I met you, Leah. Yes, yes, that's yes. true. And so how did you get like when you're first starting, how did you get clients? And because I found you through Instagram and I stopped. Yeah, so I, I had the luck of starting <laughs> in the area where I grew up, went to high school with and had a huge friends and family network. So that was basically how I got all my clients um, the first year. And then I put some ads out on Craigslist um, Very cool. or what's the other one? There's another one similar to Craigslist. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So just through word of mouth marketing and um, yeah. yeah, just, I would do a great job at the weddings and they would refer me to their friends. And then eventually my entire client base is people I don't know now. Um, and yeah, so that was how I did weddings. Um, and I switched markets three times. So I moved to the Caribbean. Uh, and I did weddings and some commercial photography down there. And then I switched to move to Vancouver a few years ago. So it's been interesting to um, work in all three different markets and have yeah. to restart my business. Yeah, I was going to say, what is this like starting up again? How do you, what's that like? Um, it was different in the Caribbean because in the Caribbean, I had a really narrow target market, which was people from Canada getting married in the Caribbean. Oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was a lot of word of mouth too. And then, so that was easier to market because it was such a narrow um, right. clientele base. And I specialized in private villa weddings. So I wasn't even on mm -hmm. the resorts. 
So really narrow, private villa, Caribbean wedding. It was so easy to um, do my SEO for that. Yeah. I just put like a few blog posts out and then immediately I was like top of Google search because there wasn't much out there for that at the time, 10 years ago. Yeah. And then Vancouver was really difficult to break into the wedding market. Yeah, I bet. So yeah, just no network here at all. So I would do like a lot of um, women's business networking events. You've probably been to some like Van City Business Babes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So just spent a few years building my network like that. And yeah. That's amazing. And then I'm sure word of mouth and all that is, is huge in that industry because you want somebody to, that you trust. And it's an intimate thing. I feel like, I don't know, photography is quite intimate. You obviously want the style, but I don't know. I think I could see people being, um, if you have any air of like snobbiness, I could feel like that getting around very quickly and it would be hard to book. It is. Yeah. Right. I think personality is almost more important than your talent Yes, because most photographers at a professional level can all produce a type of imagery that's professional and will will, um, make the client happy, but your personality and how you work on set and how you run your business is so important. Totally. Well, when I found you, I had followed you for years and I don't even know I don't know what, I mean, I don't know, just you were popping up, I guess. on, on Instagram. Good, yeah. yeah. And then I yes. followed you, but I would watch like your stories and that. So I remember like having a sense of who you are as a person. And it's funny because I loved your work. I loved your style and you do have a very specific style and I loved it, but it is true that I really, like I was sold on the personality. It was like, this is somebody that like will be comfortable and will be okay with me. like saying, you know, can we do this and whatever? Like you don't want someone that you feel you know, is just going to bulldoze your image or your idea or whatever. But I feel like you did such a good job at, and this was, so this would have been Instagram stories. I would have seen you. That's where I've gotten, would have got like uh, a, a piece of your, me, like that's telling me that I should post. More on <laughs> <Instagram> <laughs> <stories>. <laughs> I know, but it's true. I like it's, it's just that, again, that piece of personality, right? Like we just yeah. want it, but it, it depends too, because that's more how I function. Like when I do any kind of collaboration or team up with somebody, it's very much driven by personality. Am I going to get mm-hmm. along with this person? Do they have the same values as me? Like, can I have a, a chat with them and not feel bad? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, is it going to be good? And like, everybody's on the same page and, and I that's guess I, all- yeah. I guess I could do more behind the scenes at photo shoots. I have so much video saved and I don't put it out there. So I should be marketing myself a bit more with that. I find it hard because I have like my colleagues and my students and everyone I work with watching the videos. And I feel like I lose a piece of myself every time I put something like funny or personal out there. Like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I I think I understand that. And I think because you do so many things, so you have many different roles, like you're an educator, photographer, TikToker, like all of like marketer, all of those things. And I feel like you can only do so much, right. And you want to, you know, create content that I think showcases all of your skills, but there's only one of you and all the behind the scenes stuff. Like, yes, we want to see it, but Mm-hmm. you know it's so draining I find too like it can be really it is exhausting and I think you know being vulnerable and all that is so important but it does take from you right and you have does, to yeah. like recharge afterwards so yeah yeah and just like so much yeah it's 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 hard being creative and funny I think that that's like, yeah. people don't understand <laughs> like I have to be creative in my TikToks I have to be yes. creative teaching I have to be creative yes. in my photography and like I yes. just don't have time for creative interesting and funny Instagram stories. Totally. Totally. I know. And it's like, you almost need like a, an assistant to just (laughs) capture all the stuff, you know, just follow you with a video, like a camera. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen people do that. It's like, it makes sense. Like, I mean, again, and there's so much, like, I know we've talked about, um, like the day in the life things like those on TikTok, how those are so interesting. And it, to the person doing it, I'm sure they think this is so boring. Like this is the time I get up. This is the kind of coffee coffee I have. This is where I go and work out or whatever. But as somebody who doesn't know what that life is like, it's for some reason, very interesting. I don't know why. I think we just want to relate on like a human level of like, Oh, cool. You get up at six. That's me. I, I get up then too, or whatever. Like, it's just, you know, I don't know. We're human. We just want that like connection. But again, that is, even though it's like low 
effort content, it still like takes a lot to capture all that and edit it and, and all that stuff. So yeah, I don't mm. know. I think you got to get yourself an assistant. <laughs> I love the day in life, but I'm always a little nervous about giving up my, like where I am on yes. any day. Yes. So I have to like do it in a way that doesn't show my like exact route to schools that I teach at yes. on that day. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's something yeah. I didn't think about at all. Yeah, of course. That's yeah, of course. Do you feel, do you feel like you, um, like your, your address, you, um, like your studio address is public, right? Like yeah. anyone can find it on and um, anyone yeah, can come. Do you find back. that, like, do you, does that ever scare you in case you have like a stalker who now knows where you work every day? Um, well, not until you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried because it's like, I used to have my business. Um, it was registered at my home, so I okay. wouldn't have oh, yeah. done it then. Um, but now since it is a commercial space, it is an office area. So there's always someone around there. Also, I have to buzz people up. So it's not like people can just walk in. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't worry. Like I have thought about it a little bit, just, you know, because I have, if I'm there, sometimes random people will come by to shop just because it. I have studio hours and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always a little nervous because you never know, right? It's and I don't, it's just me in there. So I don't have like a team that if it's something uncomfortable or whatever. But I've got great neighbors and again, I'm never there alone alone. So right, I yeah. think it's fine. But I definitely what you're saying about, you know, just especially where you live, like you just have to be so careful and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the followers that you have, so I'm not too worried. I think, <laughs> but I, I totally get that. That would be, you'd have to be careful. Like, yeah. Like I'll do a day in a life and I'll say, this is my Monday, but actually it's like my Friday. Yes. 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 Just throw them yeah. off with the routine. Yeah. But like a real stalker would just wait at that location every single day. Oh, creepy. Have you had anything creepy happen? Like, have you, um, I've had some people like one person duetted one of my videos and like was like I'm coming for you. Oh my Bitches god! Get snitches get stitches, and I'm like, oh holy fuck! Oh my god! <laughs> so that kind of scared me a bit. And um, every time that happens, I like don't want to post on Instagram at all because often you can tell where I am. Yes. Um, and I always, whenever I do post about stuff on Instagram, I always post like a day later or like once I've left that location. Yeah. But still, it's a location I do go to frequently, so someone could just. I don't know, see me there one time or hang out there or know that I live in that area. If I'm always posting like restaurants near me. Yeah. So yeah, it's, really I don't know. I think scary. I'm just overly, I think I'm overly conscious about it, but, it, but I think yeah. it's good. Like it is good because we are so connected and it is easy to find people now and, and all of that. So I, I think it is good to be yeah, cautious and aware, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's freaky, but I would be very scared. <laughs> yeah. And like one of the things that women, we as women are always aware of is like, making a stranger on the internet pissed off like yes. if if yes. I do an argument online with someone like on if I'm like a little bit rude to them because they're rude to me on yeah. Twitter or on like Instagram or TikTok I don't know what the retaliation is going to be yes right like yes they could find out a lot of information like the places that I work are on LinkedIn yeah. yes you could wait outside that school and yes. just see me walk in every day you know totally totally and it is I mean we're playing a different game like as women online we are playing a very it's a very different game and I think some people don't understand that and um yeah yeah, you just you have to be careful and you have to there is that sense of like walking on eggshells sometimes like Mm -hmm. and I've posted something and I haven't had anything that bad but if somebody's a little nasty yeah you have this almost you feel this obligation to be kind back and be nice and make sure to you know just diffuse everything and make anyone too mad yes exactly just go back to being you know small and whatever and does it make you want to scream though sometimes like (laughs) yes absolutely I feel like my voice is being silenced yes totally and just that you know the double standard and that it's so frustrating and for me it's that it's quite exhausting to always be I'm a nice person, but like when you're in situations where you're, you feel like you, you're expected to be nice when it's maybe not a situation that you have to be nice in. Right. Yeah. Like it's, and I think that's something that, um, in person and online is really hard because yeah, we're just conditioned to, you know, just be quiet and go along and whatever. And 
yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's that's one thing again as we see social media change, I see that change too where people are women are just saying stuff now and I'm so here for it. I'm not ready yet. I'm not personally ready yet, but I'm so like cheering. I think the people online who don't have their workplace published anywhere, like maybe they yeah. work from home, they don't have it on LinkedIn. Yes. I think they have a bit more voice. Yes. online and stuff and yeah so I, I I'm glad that they're doing that and yes. they can but I wish I can do it too yeah well and when you get I feel like at a certain level you do have a a protective layer in the sense that you will have people with you I don't mean like security but you know there are people that you have that are on your team that are kind of with mm-hmm. you all the time so I feel like I don't know, like when you get to a certain level, obviously what you say has more impact, but now you kind of have this team to soften some of it in this, in a sense too. So I feel like it's, yeah, it's kind of good and bad, but, um, it's just hard if you're at a level where, you know, people are having a reaction to what you're saying, but you don't have someone else to kind of, you know, help with it or whatever, like just having your, your, team with you I think makes a huge difference like and people are less likely to mess with you if you're more like a an established brand I think like as a person yeah Um, like I I, yeah yeah I think I mean I feel like there are people who would actually be scared to come for the Kardashians you know what I mean like I feel like there's like genuine fear like there has been people who have been murdered by fans before like it's not god it's terrifying it's terrifying so it's I know there's like every stage of fame and exposure and influence there's like new good and bad things about it right like I feel Mm -hmm. like again I, I would like to have influence I would like to have an audience but I don't want a huge I don't want a gigantic audience I don't want that like I I'm not interested in that and that's not I don't know it's just it's uh, I don't know I'm here for slow growth (laughs) your TikTok's doing great thank you but it's slow which I'm happy like just just you know again I, I overnight success I don't think I think people think they want it, but when it actually comes down to managing it, it's not easy. I don't think, I mean, like what you have said, just some of the stuff that you don't think about until you have it right. And just Mm -hmm. the pressure and that. So, yeah. Do you talk about um, all this stuff? Like when you're teaching, do you, because I know you do marketing as well in your classes. So do you, Yeah, you know, I, I tried to talk to my students about um, like, being aware of what you put out there and stuff, but I think yes. it came off wrong. Oh no. I think, I think it came off as me saying like, don't post your opinions online. But I, <laughs> what I meant was don't post opinions online. If you're not like going to back them. And if you're, if you're just being performative about them. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think, oh, I think I fixed it, but. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. You have to be careful, but do you, do your students follow you? Um, I've never mentioned my TikTok account okay. uh, to the marketing class or yeah. business class I teach, yes. um, but I'm, I know they see my TikToks in their TikTok feed because yes. it's actually like, it's so weird because it picks up who you're talking about. Like I had my sister-in-law, Renee, Rena from the mom room, come on and yes. do a Zoom talk to my students about branding. Oh, and cool. the next day they started to see her TikToks. They've never seen her TikToks before in their life. And oh she, she does like mom, mom content. So it yes. wouldn't come across like a 19 year old student's feed. No, no. And then I guess just hearing her voice, like our phones hear her voice. Ooh, and yeah, like it's so weird. That's so weird. So I, I guarantee my TikToks have come across. It's just, yes. I just hope it's like not the cringy ones I do. Cause sometimes I post a TikTok <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I hope no one sees this. <laughs> but <laughs> I love like, that you know you probably know what I mean like you're just like I'm doing a trend and I know yes, it's bad totally, but, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna get yeah and just gotta do it and yes yeah. totally I know it's funny Kyle my my partner he cannot stand the lip syncing stuff like it just makes him really uncomfortable like <laughs> like if I and I just mean if I show him one that I've done like he can't look at it it just makes him so uncomfortable it just really like cr- like cringe beyond cringe and it's just so funny because like I think some of them are so hilarious. So I'm like trying to show him and he's just like avoiding all eye contact. Like, no. But is no. So it's not for everybody. I get that. But um I like it's fun. It's just fun and light. And you know, I think that's what we all needed in some sense on social media. And yeah, I think it's fine. But I haven't seen anything of yours that I thought, oh, hope 
her students don't oh, see that. There's this one where like I'm knocking on the door and I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Um, I thought you were going to ask me about failure. I was so nervous that you're going to ask me all about failure today. I am. Well, I was going to, that's sort of the final thing. So um, since you brought it up, we'll just jump right in. I, so the whole goal with this show essentially is to demystify what failure means, because I think we have so much shame around it. And I think that that in itself is such a shame because it is the quickest way to learn. And I, I personally grew up in a family where like, you don't show weakness, you don't, you know, if you fail at something, it's like a big deal and you, you should feel very bad about it kind of thing. And I have learned that that's not helpful whatsoever because all it does is just make you avoid failure, which means you don't try new things. You don't admit when you're wrong and all of that. So I like to ask, like, what is your favorite failure? And that can be either something that you learn the most from or something that was like a silver lining, just one to you that's like your favorite, your, your top one. I have so many. See, so I, so love I love that. <laughs> I love that. Love your podcast. Cause every time we make mistakes and every time we, we fail at something, we grow and yeah, it just, yes. it just, we don't do it again usually. <laughs> totally. And we don't talk about it. And this is what I find so frustrating. Cause when I was starting my business, like I couldn't find anybody who was like, I was just failing at everything and I couldn't find anybody else that on the outside looked like they were. And so it makes you feel like there's something seriously wrong with you because it's not normalized. And yeah. So, yeah. So that's the goal. Um, I think for me, a uh, type of failure in my business personally would be not to diversify. Like when I first moved to Vancouver, I was really focused on weddings and now I have such a diverse income. Um, like I teach, I do photography, I do portraits, yes. I do commercial photography, and I also have a wedding photography awards company. So I feel like my income is very diverse. Um, yes. And that's something I learned as a contract worker over the past years I've been working in Vancouver. So at first, when you work weddings, it's really difficult in a new market. So I didn't have that many weddings and they would happen during the summer months, usually summer, spring and fall. So, um, yeah, you don't have a lot of work in the winter and I wish I had diversified. I mean, I, it's probably like I've been teaching for seven years, so it's, it's not like I just did this last year, but I, I do wish that as soon as I moved to Vancouver, I had started like diversifying right away yes. because previously yes. most of my income was from weddings and I was expecting that to continue. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay. Um, give me another one. If you've got a okay. question. <laughs> I feel like TikTok, it was really hard to put my face out there on TikTok. Yeah. Um, it was just so hard to do like those lip singing and um, also getting over that fear of not looking perfect all the time. Like now I frequently do TikToks without makeup or with my glasses yeah. and I like sweatpants and stuff. So now I'm more comfortable with it. But at first that was really hard to do because you're yeah. so vulnerable and you're like, I don't think I look good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just trying to understand that you're worth more than your physical appearance. Like, what you're saying is funny and it doesn't matter how you look to deliver it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So just realizing that, I guess these aren't really failures. <laughs> like, well, they're, they're insights. They're, they're along the same lines. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's still stuff you've learned, still stuff you wish you could do differently, which I feel like could be a definition for failure. I feel like. Yes. Yeah. So I guess, I guess starting on TikTok earlier, just like you said, yes. Was, yes. would be, yeah. Or just listening to my audience earlier because I did do a few photoshop things and they went viral I didn't really listen to that um yes. and I should have so yeah photoshop is definitely my niche um I'm trying to think of any other failures I think that uh like the past year coming out of the pandemic has been pretty difficult and I just think I like I wish I was more I just feel like I've been kind of negative the past year about things yeah yeah I, I think that's like fair. I think we've all felt Everyone's, that. Yeah, yeah. Had that kind of negativity. Definitely. <laughs> just well, like, we've been like depressed and just, yes. yeah, everyone is. So you're like, yeah. Well, and everyone this, is like this. It's just, and just all just you life. see and all you hear. And I, like, personally, I have found like the chronic stress of the last few years is catching up with me now. Like, I feel like mm. now I'm kind of limping my way to the end of this year like I just can feel it more and so I'm trying to just like even as you were saying like just recognizing that it's a thing so I'm trying to just do that and also not put as much pressure on myself because you know you're, everyone's 
trying to make the most of the final quarter and all that. And it's like, I don't know, I think just getting through the year is going to be like an the accomplishment. Success. Yes, totally. Like We all just have to lower those bars. I know. <laughs> I really think that's true. Like, can we not, you know, like, and I'm all for like motivational content and all that, but sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like I just, you know, I'm not at my peak right now. So this kind yeah. of content is really That bare minimum to has to be like, bare bare minimum <laughs> let's, let's bring it down people like we've all been yeah, yeah. a lot i'm not <laughs> bankrupt success <laughs> totally totally oh yeah. god i love that okay so where thank you so much for being on the show and sharing everything and if people want to like learn more find out more about you what is the best place for them to hunt you down <laughs> You can follow me on TikTok at Caroline underscore in underscore the city. Um, you can also uh, follow me on Twitter, Van City Caroline. And also I have a website for my commercial work, which is charlesross.ca, C-H-A-R-L-S ross.ca, um, which is, it's a long, long, long story how I got there, but my name, middle name is Charlotte, so... Oh, I get. I was going to say, like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, Charles, and then also my name um, is masculine for Charles, which is my grandfather's name. Oh, I love that. So I a, sorry, that. mine's a feminine. Caroline is a feminine version of Charles. You think oh. Charlotte would be, but it's not. It's yeah. Caroline. Oh, I love that. I didn't know that. Okay, very yeah. cool. Yeah, because Caroline I'm... Ross was taken. So, oh, isn't that the case? Well, I highly recommend everybody follows along because it's very informative, especially the TikTok. I will figure out the Twitter and then I'll, I'll get on that. But definitely the, the TikTok because it is so informative. It's also encouraging and it's educational. And I, I really do think that you're doing something very, very good for a society that has been, you know, conditioned by standards that like, come on, it's, you know, time, time for change. Yeah, we got to change this. We got to change. Yeah. Yeah. so thank you so much for coming on and we thanks will... for having me yes you're so welcome thank you so much for being here i really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected i would love if you could share this with somebody important to you we never know who needs a boost if you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can. Judge less, less often, and never, ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.